welcome to the Hot to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 23. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. On today's episode, I'm going to give my picks for NFL Week 15. Also going to give my picks for Premier League Match Day 14, as well as do a deep dive on the Eagles versus Cardinal. Jalen Hurst versus Kyle Murray should be a fun one. Deep dive into the Saints versus the Chiefs. In the Premier League, I'm going to take a closer look at Everton versus Arsenal, Tottenham versus Leicester City, as well as my Wolves versus Burnley to wrap it up. It should be a good episode. Let's get started. It's NFL Week 15. We have three weeks left to the playoffs. Very excited to see how this all plays out. There's a lot of teams still vying for playoff positions to move up in the standings. Who's going to finish with uh, the top seven positions in each conference? It's going to be really interesting to see who ends up winning the wild card race, who who ends up how teams position themselves, the matchups we're going to see in the playoffs. Very excited to see how this uh, NFL season concludes. But let's get started with my NFL Week 15 picks. First game, uh, I'm not going to do my pick on the Chargers versus the Raiders because they are currently playing right now. So and it's Thursday, so I'm not, I'm gonna leave that out. I'm just gonna predict the games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So let's get started. Bills versus Broncos. I have the Bills winning. Uh, the Broncos played really good last week against the Panthers. Two teams that are uh, not the worst teams in the NFL, but they're not the best. They're they're out of the playoff contention. Contention basically. Uh, they they put on a pretty good pretty good show last week. The Broncos look good. Drew Locke looked good. Threw four touchdowns. Didn't throw any interceptions. I like what I see from the Broncos. Once they get their players back next year, they they should be a threat. But this year, uh, I don't I don't think they have enough to beat the Bills. Even if they're at home, I have the Bills taking care of business. I have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs going into Denver and taking care of business. Uh, the Bills are probably the second best team in the AFC right now, the way they've been playing. So I have the Bills beating the Broncos at Denver. The second game, Panthers at Green Bay. Panthers versus the Packers. I have the Panthers losing to the Packers. The Packers are going to take care of business. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They have a chance. They have an opportunity this week to take a bigger lead on the Saints as the Saints play the Chiefs. So the Saints could lose that game. I have the Panthers taking care of, I mean, I have the Packers taking care of business. Aaron Rodgers is not going to lose that number one spot. He, he, he's going to want that. He's going to want that first round bye. I have, uh, I don't have the Panthers being able to stop, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, uh, Adams. I just don't see them having enough horses on defense. I don't. I don't see their offense being able to keep up with them on that side of the field. So Packers take care of business and they beat the Panthers. Next game, Texans versus Colts is their second game in two weeks. Uh, Texans. Uh, these divisional games they could go anyway. Uh, you never know what's going to happen when it comes to the divisional games, especially when you have an elite quarterback like. Watson on that side of the field. But I think they have too many injuries on the offensive side. They're asking for Watson to do too much right now. So because of that, the Colts are playing great football. Phillip Rivers is taking care of the football. T.Y. Hilton has come on strong the last few weeks. And uh, the running game's going. Hines, Taylor, are, Taylor's getting it going now. So because of that, I think the, I think the Texans are going to lose again to the Colts. Colts are going to keep pace with the Titans in the AFC South. Next game, Bears versus Vikings. Two teams that are on the outside looking in on, in the NFC right now. Both are 6-7. and seven. 
Both have a slim chance to go to the playoffs. Whoever wins this game is going to keep their chances alive. Whoever loses could pack it up and get ready for vacation. Vacation. So I have a... I don't have Trubisky playing good again. I, he's been playing great like the last few weeks, but I don't think he could keep it up. I don't think he's able to do that. They do have a chance just because Montgomery has been hot the last few weeks. He, he's I have him on fantasy, so I know how many points he's putting. I, I know I know he's running great. Uh, he's really picked it up in the second half of the season. Because of that, the Bears do have a punchy chance if Trubisky could play good again. But I don't trust Trubisky. I trust uh, Cousins to get it to get it going again with with Jefferson with Thielen. Uh, they lost to the Buccaneers last week. The kicker missed like four kicks. I think they get they the kicker does a little does a little better this week, and the Vikings get the win at home versus the Bears. Next game, Seattle versus Washington. Seattle goes to Washington. Washington has been playing good. Their defense is carrying that team. Their defense is elite. But uh, they've been winning these games with Alex Smith. Alex Smith has proven to be a winner in the NFL. He can win. When he has a defense, when he has some weapons on the field, he could win. The problem with that, with that, is that Alex Smith got hurt last game. His his he's questionable. He's questionable for this game. And if they play Dwayne Haskins, I don't give him a chance. I do not tr- trust Dwayne Haskins. He's not a good NFL quarterback. I have no trust in Dwayne Haskins. If he plays, Seattle should should be the favorites easily. Even if Alex Smith plays, I think Seattle still has enough to get it done in Washington. Antonio Gibson is questionable too. We see if he plays, but I think Seattle stays in the hunt for the NFC West and they beat Washington in Washington. Next game, Patriots versus Dolphins. Patriots are coming off Thursday night defeat to the Rams. They got pummeled. They got embarrassed. It wasn't really a game. Um, Cam Newton has been struggling. And on the other side, the Dolphins put up a fight against the Chiefs. Uh, I think the four drives in the middle of of the game in the third quarter where they or they had three three and outs. They had an interception. I think that's what ultimately cost them the game. They made a nice comeback in the end, but I think uh, you can't give that much of a lead to Patrick Mahomes and expect to win. But they showed hard. They showed a lot of promise. I like what I saw from them, especially in the fourth quarter. So I think the Dolphins have enough to beat the Patriots at home and uh, keep their playoff chances alive. So I have the Dolphins beating the Patriots in Week 15, keeping their playoff chances alive. And uh, we'll see how Tua does against the Patriots. But I do think they have enough. Dolphins' defense is good, too. So I think Patriots' offense is going to keep struggling. Dolphins beat the Patriots in Week 15. Next game, Ravens versus Jaguars. There's not too much to say about this game. Jaguars are vying for that first overall pick. Uh, Minshew is back in the starting lineup. He played good. I think he gives them the best shot to win. Um, But the Ravens showed their heart, showed their tenacity against the Browns. Uh, how they came back. I, Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to put on the show these last three weeks to carry the Ravens into the playoffs. I, I don't see the Ravens missing the playoffs, and I think it starts right here. I think the Ravens beat the Jaguars, take care of business. Jaguars stay in contention for the first overall pick. Ravens are beating the Jaguars at home. Next game, Buccaneers versus Falcons. Uh, same thing, uh, same along the same lines as the Ravens game, the Buccaneers need to get in the run. Need to finish the season strong to go into the playoffs as a contender, as a tough team to play. And uh, I think they're going to harass Matt Ryan. Uh, last week, the Buccaneers defense harassed Cousins. Uh, There's a lot of times where the Vikings looked like they were going to start getting something going. And the Buccaneers defense was able to harass uh, 
Kirk Cousins and prevent them from going on sustained drives. I think that's what they're going to do against the Falcons. They're going to take care of the Falcons in Atlanta and really start building momentum, hopefully carry it into the playoffs. Because if, they, if they're able to build momentum, if they're able to go into the playoffs on a nice win streak, then the Buccaneers could be a dangerous team. So I have them beating the Falcons in Atlanta. Buccaneers are going to win. 49ers versus Cowboys. Both teams got, uh, well, the 49ers and the Cowboys are still alive. Both teams are still alive. The Cowboys were able to beat the Bengals last week. And the 49ers lost to uh Washington football team. So because of that, I have uh, the 49ers. I think I trust them a little more. Even though the Cowboys have been playing a little better, the 49ers are better than the Bengals. Uh, I don't think they're going to have enough to beat the 49ers. And I think the 49ers, as long as they run the ball, they keep the ball out of Mullen's hands because uh, he's susceptible for a pick six or just like some dumb plays throughout the game. I think the 49ers get back to their running game, run the ball, don't ask too much for Mullen's. And I think that should be enough to beat the Cowboys, even if they are playing in Jerry's world, even though they are playing in Dallas. So I have the 49ers beating the Cowboys and keeping their slim, tiny playoff chances still alive. Eagles versus Cardinals. I believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe in Jalen Hurts. Uh, he showed a lot of promise against the against the uh, Saints. Number one defense coming in that week. He looked good. He ran. He ran for over 100 yards. I'm gonna do a deep dive on this game, but I do have the Eagles winning against the Cardinals. Jets versus Rams. Jets. 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 J E T S. Jets. 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 They're gonna have the first overall pick. There's no way they beat the Rams. Uh, Rams are going to take care of business. They look good against the Patriots last week. Showed up on Thursday Night Football. Akers is looking good. Goff is not turning over the ball as much anymore. Rams take care of business against the Jets. Jets are continuing to go for that 0-16 season. Chiefs versus Saints. Doesn't look like Drew Brees is going to play, so it's going to be a tough game for the for the Saints. Chiefs are kind of struggling to close out games. Uh, it seems like they keep on winning by one possession, but I do have the Chiefs winning. I'm going to do the deep dive on this too, so stick around for that. Browns versus Giants on Sunday Night Football. Giants struggled last week against the Cardinals. Uh, Daniel Jones looks like he's still recovering from that injury that he sustained like two weeks ago. Because of that, even though the Giants have been playing better, I believe in the Browns. The Browns look good against the the Ravens on Monday Night Football. So I have the Browns beating the Giants, taking care of business, and clinching a playoff spot. I believe they could clinch a playoff spot this week. And Steelers versus Bengals. Bengals have their backup quarterback, even though they're playing in Cincinnati, and even though the Steelers are struggling right now, and it looks like they were a fluky 11-0, I have them getting back into winning ways, snapping the two-game losing streak, and beating the Bengals on Monday Night Football to get back on the winning column. Uh, Steelers should beat the Bengals, in my opinion. And those are my week 15 picks. Um, If you guys have any problems with these picks let me know if you're watching it on youtube just comment down below if you're listening to it on the podcast i will link my twitter in the bottom so just tweet at me if you don't have a twitter i'll put my email down there send me an email whatever if you have a problem you want to get in touch with me just let me know what do you guys have a problem with in my picks and we're able to discuss them uh i can see how people would choose like the cardinals or maybe the saints or even the giants so that you know, there's a lot of good games that could go different ways this week. So just let me know if you guys have any disagreements disagreements with my picks. But let's move on to the Premier League. Premier League match day 14. 
uh, is this weekend. We had some midday. We had match day 13 over the middle of the week. But my picks for the Premier League match day 14, Crystal Palace versus Liverpool. Liverpool is coming off a great victory over Tottenham in the middle of the week, securing that top of the table again. I think Liverpool is just going to be too much for Crystal Palace. I have Liverpool beating Crystal Palace, even though they're playing at Crystal Palace. Southampton versus Man City. Southampton has been one of the surprises this this uh, Premier League season. They're starting off hot. Uh, I think they should have. I was. I thought they were going to beat Arsenal this uh, during the middle of the week. They had one more man. They've looked good. They took care of my Wolves. They they're playing good, good, good soccer. Uh, Walker got that goal against Arsenal. First goal he has against Arsenal after being there for so many years. They've looked good. Man City has created a lot of chances, but they're not able to finish their chances. I think this is the game where they beat a tough opponent. They they build momentum. Southampton is like in the top ten of the of the table. I think Man City finally gets it together, finally puts their chances away. I think Man City is gonna beat Southampton at Southampton. Everton versus Arsenal. Everton is picking up steam again after starting off hot and going down low. Looks like roller coaster. I'm gonna deep dive into this game, but I have Everton winning this game. Arsenal just keeps struggling. Newcastle at Fulham. Fulham has been playing better as of lately. Uh, Newcastle just got five scored on by Leeds. So both both teams need to win. I have this game ending at a draw. Newcastle versus Fulham. I think both teams are pretty even. So I predict uh, both teams are going to tie. 1-1 tie, I think. Uh, next game, Brighton versus Sheffield. Uh, Sheffield is struggling right now. Uh, I can't pick... Uh, Sheffield to win right now. After after Sheffield did so good last season, they're just struggling right now. They had a chance to be uh, or at least get a tie against United today, but they couldn't. They couldn't get it done. Uh, and on match day 13, they couldn't get it done. They have one point out of 13 games. The worst start in the Premier League. I just can't pick Sheffield. Uh, Brighton have scored two goals in the last four games, so they're not looking that good either. Sheffield has showed some promise even after the game versus United. Their coach had this interview and he said that, you know, we've I think we deserve more points than we have. I think that is true. They have been playing some tough games. They, they haven't looked bad. So I do have Brighton and Sheffield tying. Uh, I think Sheffield starts to finally get some points on the table. I don't think they just keep on losing all these games. They got to turn it around sometime. I think it starts versus Brighton, getting a tie, getting another point, <laughs> doubling their season total, as crazy as that sounds. Tottenham versus Leicester, another game I'm going to do a deep dive on. But Tottenham, I think they bounce back. I think they show heart and they beat Leicester. Manchester United versus Leeds. I actually have Leeds pulling up the upset at uh, Manchester United at uh, Old Trafford. Uh, Manchester United is a different team at home. I, I don't understand that. I, I can't put I can't point my finger at something. Even the coach, Oli, doesn't know what's going on. He's like, uh, maybe at home, or and then he stops. He can't explain it. I can't explain it either. Leeds is an offensive team. They like pushing people forward. They just dropped five goals on Newcastle. I think they'll take advantage of the Manchester uh, United defense, and I think Leeds pulls up the upset and they beat Manchester United. West Brom at Aston Villa. Aston Villa is having a pretty good season. They look good in the middle of the week. They had a lot of shots against West Brom. Um, they just couldn't finish them. I mean, they had a lot of uh, chances in the middle of the week versus Burnley, but they couldn't finish it. They couldn't get it done. But they've looked good. 
I think Aston Villa is on its way up. They're one of the teams I had for relegation at the beginning of the year, but they uh, they have two games in hand and they're like in the middle of the table with potential to go up, especially on such a compacted table. And West Brom, uh, they have the worst league. They have the worst defense in the league. So I think Aston Villa, it creates a lot of chances and they're able to net a couple goals and they get the win against West Brom. Burnley versus Wolves. I think the Wolves build on their big win against Chelsea. I'm a deep. I'm do a deep dive on this game too. But Burnley is fighting for relegation. Wolves are off a big win against Chelsea. I think Wolves continue to build momentum and they get the win at Burnley. And the last game for match day 14, Chelsea versus West Ham. Uh, Chelsea have not been top 13 side in the Premier League this season. West Ham are in the top 10 of, of this uh, top 10 of the table. They've looked pretty good. They tied in the middle of the week. I think West Ham and Chelsea draw at Stamford Bridge. And those are my picks for match day 14 of the Premier League. Uh, I'm very excited. The Premier League has is super entertaining this year, more entertaining than previous years maybe. I know Liverpool and City have been breaking records the last few seasons on points, goals scored, you name it, you call it, whatever you want to say. They've been breaking records, win streak, uh, goals conceded, whatever. There's so many records been broken by City and Liverpool just running away with it or both of the teams going to the end. City running away with it, both teams fighting till the end, Liverpool running away with it. Now we have one of the most competitive seasons in the Premier League in a long time. Super entertaining soccer, super entertaining table. Seems like every week there's so much fluctuation in the top six and the top ten. I'm enjoying this season a lot. I hope that it stays like this for the remainder of the season. I don't I don't want uh, you know some team to break away. I think there's a lot of parity in the league right now. I think there's a lot of entertaining games. I think there's a lot of games every week that influence the table a lot. And I love that. So I'm very excited to see how match day 14 of the Premier League plays out. There's a lot of good games. Um, only have time to deep dive into two games. Uh, three games, actually, because I always got to do my Wolves because I love my Wolves. And uh, I think Everton versus Arsenal is going to be a great game. And Tottenham versus Leicester. Those are all going to be good games. But Crystal Palace at Liverpool, that should be another good game. Southampton, Man City, two teams towards the top of the table. And even Leeds versus Manchester United, two teams that love to go on the offense, kind of leaky defenses. Even Chelsea versus West Ham, a lot of good games this week. A lot of good games. So make sure to tune in to the Premier League this weekend. It's going to be a great match day 14. But that's for that's a that's enough for my picks for match day fourteen. Now I'm gonna do some deep dives into some games to wrap up this podcast. Uh, well, it's gonna take a while because deep deep dives take a while. But Eagles versus Cardinals, Chiefs versus um, Saints, Everton versus Arsenal, um, Tottenham versus Leicester, and my Wolves versus Burnley uh, is coming up. So let's get started. Let's get started. Uh, Eagles versus Cardinals. The Eagles come in as uh, four, eight, and one. The Cardinals come in as the last playoffs playoff uh, team in the NFC. They're the seventh seed. They come in at seven and six. They finally got off their losing streak. They beat the Giants last week, and the Saints and the Eagles beat the Saints last week. Saints had the number one defense. Eagles were starting rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts for the first time. Kind of felt like they were putting it putting him in a position to fail, so that they could say, "Hey, that's why. That's why." Uh, Carson Wentz has been struggling, but the kid showed up. I, I was rooting for Jalen Hurts to have a big game. I was super happy when I saw that he was balling out. 
I was super happy when I saw that they had the lead and they had a chance to win. I was like, oh, man, I hope they pull it off. And they did. I think Jalen Hurts adds another dynamic to that offense. He's more of a new-age quarterback. Um, Wentz is mobile. He could he could get some runs. He could get some yards running. He could extend plays. But he doesn't have that straight-line speed that Jalen Hurts has. He doesn't have that threat that Jalen Hurts has. And he, Jalen Hurts is more in the mode of like a... Uh, like a Kyle Murray, he could run. He he's fast. He could run. Uh, it's gonna be exciting seeing both scrambling running quarterbacks, seeing who runs for more yards, who has the better throws. Jalen Hurts just adds another dynamic. I think it helps. It also helps uh, their running back Sanders, just having the threat of Jalen Hurts keeping the ball on the on those RPOs on the run play options. So I think uh, Jalen Hurts injects life into that offense. Uh, I think seeing Murray, Murray and Jalen Hurts is going to be one of the best QB battles of the week. Uh, I'm really excited to see how those play out. This this new transformation of quarterbacks in the NFL, where they're going, you you hardly see any pocket passers just that can't run like a, like a Philip Rivers or a Tom Brady. All these new quarterbacks that are coming out, they could all run, they could all scramble. Just if you look at the the rookies from this year, Jalen Hurts, he's he could run, he's He's probably the fastest one this year. Um, Joe Burrow, he's mobile. He's recovering from a leg injury, but he's mobile. Uh, Tua, he's not. He doesn't have the straight line speed, but he's definitely mobile. And then uh, Justin Herbert, he could run too. All of them mobile. All of the picks in the in the top, they're all mobile. I, I think the last one I can remember that wasn't that mobile was probably uh, Jared Goff, and he could kind of run a little bit, but not really. I think we're going towards those running quarterbacks, and this is going to be one of those battles that I am very interested to see. Uh, the Saints hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher in 56 games, and the Eagles had two in one. So that just goes to show, like, the, just having the threat of Jalen Hurts, keeping the ball running, having that straight-line speed, it puts the, the defense in a tough spot. I know it's going to keep the Cardinals' defense up at night. Um they don't have like a vaunted defense like the Saints, so I, I do think that that's going to be one of the keys for the game for the Eagles to not limit the throws for Jalen Hurts. He looked good, um, but he, he's a rookie, so he still hasn't seen all the coverages. He still doesn't know how to check into some throws, into some runs. I think the key for the game for the Eagles is to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball. But like I said, he's not he's not that good of a thrower. I mean, he it's not that he's not that good of a thrower. Is that he hasn't done it enough. He doesn't have the reps. Defenses could still confuse him. And he needs more reps. Like, for all the good thing about Jalen Hurts, he only completed two passes over 10 yards that traveled more than 10 yards against the Saints. So, for the most part, he was just dinking and dunking, small routes, on short routes, uh, wide receivers running across. They kept it simple for him. They simplified the offense. Maybe they should have been doing that with uh, Wentz. I know he was struggling, and they were just not really helping him out. But they helped out Hurts. He looked good. I think they should continue to do that. Um, one of the problems for the Eagles is that they lost their right tackle. Uh, they will be without Reddick. I mean, they will be without Jay- Jack Driscoll, so they're going to have to play uh, Matt Pryor. And uh, Hassan Reddick had five sacks against the Giants. He, he has uh, the most sacks for the Cardinals. He had five before this game, before the game with the Giants. He had five against the Giants. He has ten sacks now. So that's going to be one of the keys to the, to the game, seeing how Hassan Reddick does against the back of Matt Pryor. And the Eagles will be without their safety, uh, Rodney McLeod, and their starting corner, Avante Maddox. And they might be without Darius Slay, their top uh, cornerback. Uh, they paid a lot of money to in the offseason. He has a concussion. So a lot of injuries. 
in the defense, especially in the secondary, and when you're going up against DeAndre Hopkins, that could be trouble. The problem with the Cardinals is that their offense hasn't been clicking as much as it was in the like first six games of the season. Cliff Kingsbury is supposed to be an offensive genius, but his even his offensive concepts don't look that intense or they don't look that complicated. They seem pretty simple. So I'm I'm interested to see if they're able to expose the Eagles secondary. If if I mean they're gonna be without their safety and their start and their other starting corner of Vontae Maddox, but if they're without Darius Slay too and this Cardinal offense isn't able to like punish them, then that's gonna really cause some concerns. It's gonna really like uh diminish my expectations for the Cardinals, even if they are able to hold on for a playoff spot. If they're not able to take advantage of this secondary, then I don't see them going further than like the first game, the first wild card round against anybody. So they should be able they should take advantage against this secondary. But the Eagles do have um the second most sacks in the league. So their front line gets a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. So that's gonna be a key for the Eagles. Get a lot of sacks, pressure uh pressure Murray out of the pocket, make him feel uncomfortable and help out your uh, defensive backs because you're definitely going to be without your safety and you're definitely going to be without your other starting corner, and you might be without Darius Slate too. So I think Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are going to have to have big games. Fletcher Cox down the middle, Graham on the on the edge, try to get to Murray, um, try to stop the run, try to stop uh, that Cardinals offense. But I like, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I like what he brings to the table. Um, I don't trust the Cardinals defense. I don't trust. I don't see if Cliff, I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury could make that offense potent enough to make uh, make up for the Eagles. The Eagles showed a lot of life uh, last week against the Saints. Really impressed. The Saints were the number. People forget the Saints were the number one seed in the NF in the NFC, and they were riding like an eight or nine ga- uh, game winning streak for the Eagles to do that. And Jalen Hurts first game. I'm very. I'm very. Very very very. Excited to see where the Eagles are able to go. They're still alive, and if the Seahawks beat Washington, then they would be one game behind for the for the division lead against Washington. And they play each other on Week 17, so I think that's going to be some great football that might get flexed into Sunday Night Football. I want to see that happen. I want to see the Eagles against the Washington in Week 17 duke it out for the division. Because of that, I have the Eagles 24, Cardinals 20. <clears throat> so moving along to the next game. The, the hyped-up game of the week. It has the potential to be the best game of the year. Chiefs and Saints in Week 15. Two high-powered offenses. Two of the Super Bowl picks. Um, I know almost everybody has the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. You may have some other picks in the AFC. You may think the Steelers could turn it around. You may think the Bills could get there. And the Saints... The NFC is wide open. They're going to be definitely in the contention to make it to the Super Bowl. But Chiefs versus Saints. Chiefs come in at 12-1. and Saints 10-3 and come in as the second seed in the NFC. Chiefs are the top seed in the NFL, number one seed in the AFC. Chiefs just beat the Dolphins. Uh, it was a pretty entertaining game. Made it, The Dolphins made it interesting at the end. Chiefs were able to hang on as they usually do this whole season. That's That's been the story of this year. Chiefs take a lead, and then they hold on for it at the end. Saints are coming off a defeat against the Eagles. Jalen, Jalen Hurts' first game. They had the number one defense going into that game, but they they uh, they got exposed a little bit against the Eagles. They had an off day. Now they're the number three, the number two defense. Drew Brees does have a chance to play against the Chiefs. 
I think uh, if he wasn't 41 years old, if he hadn't had the injury history he's had in his previous seasons, I think they would let him play. But because uh, Taysom Hill hasn't played, he hasn't had a terrible game. He hasn't. You can't really point to him as the reason why we lost any of these games. He, he maybe he hasn't done a lot to elevate the rest of the teams, but you can't say he's been the reason why they lose these games. So I think they take it easy with Drew Brees. They let him fully recover and they start Taysom Hill. So I think Taysom. I think Taysom Hill should get the start. The Chiefs are the number one seed. I think they're gonna show up. I think like they've shown up for the majority of this season. They're gonna. Take a big lead or start off hot and then just hold on at the end. I think the final score will be closer than what the game reflects as these Chiefs games usually happen. Like, I don't know, for some reason, they just aren't able, are not able to win by double digits when you think they have the potential to really blow teams out. They, I think it's, teams give them their best shots. They're the champions. Everybody wants to see how they measure up against the Chiefs. So teams never give up against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs. They're always there. They're always trying to come back. They're always trying to see how hard they could play him. Um, I think the Saints do have a shot. They have a great defense. Uh, if anybody could match up against the Chiefs, it would be the Saints. They have Lattimore that could cover uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, they have some linebackers. They have some safeties that they could put on Kelsey. But, man, those are two of the best weapons in the NFL. Um, Travis Kelsey comes in leading the NFL in yards receiving. That's unheard of. No player, no tight end has ever led the NFL in receiving yards. And Travis Kelsey definitely has the potential to do it. There's three games left. He has like a 50-yard advantage on second place. Tyreek Hill is third. So Tyreek Hill might just take it from Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey is having an amazing season. He's definitely the best tight end as far as receiving, blocking. You could, you could add somebody else. But Travis Kelsey, he's an elite tight end. He's a matchup nightmare. We'll see how they the Saints decide to uh, go up against him. And then Travis, I mean, Tyreek Hill has 16 touchdowns, 14 receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He's a monster. He's a threat. He could do everything. You could you could put him on sweeps and arounds. Uh, you could put him on the, on the slot, outside. He could burn you deep. He could burn you down the middle. Tyreek Hill is a monster. That Chiefs offense is scary. Uh, if Drew Brees was playing, like I said, I think I would give him a chance. Just because Drew Brees has longer sustained drives, when you you see them going on like fifteen play drives, eight nine minutes, take like eight minutes of time of possession, just methodically go down the field. I think you need to do that against the Chiefs. Keep Patrick Mahomes on the on the sideline, keep him cold, keep him uh, just watching you play. I think that's the best way to beat the Chiefs. If you go, if you get into a shootout, if you're if you're just throwing your defense out there every couple minutes. I think that's when it gets tough because the Chiefs could if, if you try to if you try to uh, go into a shootout with the Chiefs that's bad news for you the Chiefs have the, probably the best offenses the best offense in the league so not a lot of teams could do that um but I think they need to help out I think they need to help help out Taysom Hill Kamara and Michael Thomas have to have big games they have to be influential uh Michael Thomas has to keep has to get open on third down has to keep these drives going Kamara, he's going to have to break the first tackle, break the second tackle, do a lot of screens, get Kamara in the open space, um, get your best players the ball. Get uh, Taysom Hill has to get the ball into Michael Thomas' hands. Um, Kamara needs to do his thing on these screens. That line has to block well. I think they need to run the ball more. Uh, I think Kamara only had like 11 runs against the Eagles. Uh, you need to run Kamara. 
I know he, he you don't want him to get hurt, but if you have a chance against the Chiefs, you're gonna have to have the time of possession. Run Kamara, run screens to Kamara. Look for Michael Thomas on third down. Michael Thomas has to has to get open on third down. Has to be a an option for Taysom Hill. And Taysom Hill has to play clean football. He can't have turnovers. Uh, he's kind of due for a turnover like every game. He has a fumble or he has like a dumb play. Taysom Hill has to take care of the football, use his legs as a running threat, tough out a couple yards, tough out some first downs, put your shoulder down. I think the Saints definitely have a chance. If Taysom Hill plays good, if he keeps if he keeps the offense on, on nice go-to-go distance or on, on nice third downs, uh, they definitely have a chance. They have weapons. Uh, they have a tight end. They have an elite running back, elite wide receiver. Taysom Hill could run. That's the 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 Chiefs defense. Uh, they're they're the uh, best. Uh, it's weird. I'm kind of confused on how to say it. They allow the fourth worst QB rating, or they have the best rating when it comes to keeping QBs. Whatever it is, however it is, they have the uh, they allow the fourth worst QB rating, and they have the fourth worst completion percentage allowed against them. So they're pretty good on the air. Because of that, I think the the Saints have to run the ball, run and run, run, run Kamara, run Kamara. Just keep get, keep feeding Kamara. Kamara is an elite running back. He could he could put the offense on his back. I trust Kamara. I have him on fantasy team. <laughs> Feed Kamara. Take control of the clock. Play the possession game. Uh, I think the Saints will have a chance if they do that. But ultimately, even even if they do all of that without Drew Brees, I don't think they're they don't have enough on the offensive side. We saw the Dolphins force three turnovers from Mahomes last week, three interceptions, and uh, Tua didn't play bad, and they still didn't have enough. And I think that's going to be more more of the same against um, the Saints against the Chiefs. I think the Saints do have. The defensive personnel to cause some turnovers to get a pick out of Mahomes, but ultimately it's not going to be enough, and the Chiefs are going to score more points than the Saints at the end of the day. And I have uh, the Chiefs winning 27-21 as my prediction. Chiefs hold on to that number one spot in the NFL, and the Saints the Saints are in trouble with falling down a third seed. They'll have the Rams and the Seahawks down breathing down their necks. That was that was my uh, deep dive into the Saints and the Chiefs. This should be the best game of NFL Week 15, or the most hyped up one. <clears throat> but now let's let's go into the Premier League. My three games that I wanted to take a deeper dive into: Everton versus Arsenal, Tottenham versus Leicester, and My Wolves versus Burnley. Let's get started right away. Everton versus Arsenal, match day 14. Everton has been a roller coaster this whole season. They're going up, they're going down, they're going back up. I think right now they're they're on the upward trajectory. After starting so hot, after being top of the table, I think they were unbeaten in their first five games. Everybody was on that Everton hype train. Could they win the league? We quickly found out that they couldn't. I think they won like one out of their next seven games. Really struggled. Looked like they were a fluke. It looked like they were done. Looked like they might even end up as a bottom 10 team. And then they got an upset win against Chelsea. And they piled that on. They compiled that with a 2-0 upset 
versus Leicester. So now they're two games in a row. They're looking like they're on the upward trajectory. They should get Hamas back. Everton's definitely trending up. Arsenal, on the other hand, has just been a shame. It's been a disappointment the whole season uh, after being so promising, winning the FA Cup, uh, beating, beating Liverpool last year, uh, winning the Community Shield. There's a lot to be excited about for this season, myself included. I look like a like a clown now, but I had I had Arsenal finishing fourth in my preseason rankings, and now they are 15th with 14 points after 13 games. What's going on with Arsenal? Uh, I do have Everton winning, mostly because I think uh, Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Covert Lewin, and James Rodriguez, if he comes back, that's just going to be too much for uh, Arsenal to defend against. I think Arsenal is not disciplined at the moment. I think Arteta, uh, he doesn't deserve all the blame for the discipline, but he definitely deserves a good amount of it, like the majority of it. You're the coach. You're the one that holds your team accountable. You're the one that like picks the captain. Or you, I mean, sometimes they let the players decide who the captain is. But at the end of the day, it's your locker room. You're the coach. You're the boss. You're the manager. You're the one that needs to set that um, locker room straight. And Arsenal has had three red cards in their last five games, just showing a complete lack of discipline, a complete like accountability for their role in their team. I know when I used to play soccer, they always used to say, don't leave your team one man down because now you're really letting everybody down. You're hurting the team. And I don't think Arsenal has that mentality. I think those players are not thinking that way. They're thinking selfishly. They're just thinking for themselves. They're not thinking about the player next to them. They're not concerned about what a send-off means to the rest of the team. Like It hurts their chances to get victories. It hurts their chances to you know get to really show what they're capable of. And even if they don't get a red card, even if they have all 11 players, Arsenal has not been playing good for like over two months now. They look super lackluster on offense. They don't look like they have any creativity going forward. They look uh, completely void of ideas. Arteta kind of looks lost out there too. I need to see more from Pepe. I need to see more from Obama Yang. Obama Yang was able to finally score after not scoring in like 10 straight games. Bombing was finally able to get off the mark against Southampton in the middle of the week. But is he going to be able to build on that? Is he ever going is he going to be able to break down Everton's defense? Everton has not conceded a goal in the last two games and they played Leicester and they played Chelsea, two pretty offensive offensive team, two teams with a lot of offensive talent. They played up against Werner, Giroud, Havertz, even though Havertz that's another story. They played against Vardy, they played against uh, Madison and they did not allow to go. So very impressive by Everton what they're doing on the defensive side right now. Very impressive how they didn't give up after those that seven game skid after starting so hot and going down. The table has, is really crunched up. It's really condensed right now. They they're all the way up to fifth right now after falling to like tenth after being first. They're back up to fifth. I like what I'm seeing. I I like Ancelotti. I've always thought of Ancelotti as a good coach. I like what I like what he's building there. If they get James Rodriguez, that's a lot of creativity going forward. And uh, if if Arsenal has a chance to upset Everton, because it would be an upset, uh, I think they need to get the ball into Saka's foot. He's their brightest player right now. He was their brightest player against Southampton. They don't get that tying goal without him. Brilliant footwork. He was he took on like three or four players, and they were able to get a one-two with uh, 
Obama Yang, and then Obama Yang was able to finish on the bottom right. I think the key for Arsenal is giving the ball to Saka, getting out of his way, letting him run at defenders, letting him create chances from that left side, crosses or cut in and shoot, look for his shot, look for players making runs off of his runs. That's going to be the key. Obama Yang has to be lively. He has to show effort. He has to be moving. He can't be too stagnant. He needs to move on from the left side, right side, middle. Essentially, I want to see Obama Yang just show a lot of effort, show a lot of interest in that game. If they're able to do that, Arsenal has a chance. But I just don't like what I've seen from Arsenal. I don't think they're going to be able to just turn it around like that. Everton is on a hot streak right now. They should get James Rodriguez back. He should... Uh, they're saying he has a high possibility of playing. Uh, I just, like I said, uh, Everton has clipped clean sheets against Chelsea and Leicester. I don't think Arsenal has enough going forward to break down Everton's defense. Mm. Even though Aubameyang uh, was able to get off the scoring mark in the middle of the week, I think Everton takes this one at home at Goodison Park. And, and they keep climbing up the table because... And, and we'll, see, we'll see how Everton finishes this season. And we'll see how Arsenal finishes this season. They're like four points out of relegation right now. Or five points out of relegation. So we'll see if Arteta keeps his job. But like The board still supports him. I mean, he was under Pep. People have raved. People are, like We'll see how Pep's coaching, coaching tree uh, expands as the years goes on. But he's probably the biggest name to come out of our, uh, Coach Pep's coaching tree as of late. And he's struggling right now, so we're, we'll see if Arteta's ever able to turn it around or if he eventually gets let go by the Arsenal board. But I do have Everton winning 1-0 and continuing their hot streak. Like I said, Everton's a roller coaster. They start off hot, five, 5 out of 5 to start off the season, I believe, and then struggled in their next 6 or 7. And now, now they're on the upward trajectory again. Two games, two big wins against Chelsea and Leicester. And I think they... They compound that with another victory at home against Arsenal, and they keep they keep going up. And then well, maybe this is maybe this is a game where they they flip and they go down. But I think this is the upward part of their roller coaster season. I think they get their third straight win, and I think they beat Arsenal one zero at home. And the next game, one two more games to go: Tottenham versus Leicester City. Tottenham comes in at second place, twenty five points. Leicester City comes in in fourth. 24 points. Leicester City uh, had a golden opportunity to go top of the table momentarily. To go, they would have finished second with Liverpool winning. They played Everton and they lost 2 0. Tottenham are coming off a heartbreak of a defeat versus Liverpool. I watched the whole game against Liverpool. Liverpool was definitely the more dominant team, the more aggressive team. They definitely had the most possession. They were the definitely the aggressors. But for all of that that I've said for Liverpool, Tottenham had the more clear chances. Tottenham had the more chances that you were like, whoa, they should have really scored off of those chances. And unfortunately for them, those chances fell to Berwin instead of Sun. And Kane had one that he should have scored. And I know he's going to be thinking about that. Well, he should move on. But I know he was thinking about that. He should have scored that header and like six yards out, wide open header, missed it. I know Tottenham is definitely like really upset because of that loss because the way they set up, even though it's boring, even though a lot of people don't like it, just waiting, playing the counterattack, parking the buzz, just breaking fast on the fast. Basically, they're fast break. They're like a basketball team that just goes fast break all the time. 
And even if people don't like that, it, sh- it worked. It had the opportunity to work. They had the chances for it to work. And I like how Mourinho said he went up to Klopp after the game and he said the better team lost. <laughs> Mourinho, he's a clown. He, he's I love Mourinho. He's entertaining. He's a character. He has a lot of personality. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Tottenham is definitely going to be wanting to get back into winning ways. They play at home. They're playing against Leicester. Uh, I know Vardy is going to want to be uh, get on the score sheet, too. He had a chance against Leicester, I mean, against Everton, when the game was still in the balance. Open header, too, almost like Kane. Uh, middle of the field, middle of the box, middle of the goal. And he just couldn't direct it to the side, gave it straight to the keeper. That could have changed the whole game against Everton. I know Vardy expects more from himself. I expect more from Vardy. I know he expects more from himself. He should have finished that chance. He should have given his team a chance to get back into the game. He didn't. They lost 2-0. You move on. But Leicester, Leicester kind of reminds me of Liverpool. They they like going forward. They like having the ball. They like uh, taking the game to the other team. They have a lot of offensive talent. Vardy, Madison, you name it. They could definitely post a threat to Liverpool. I mean, to Tottenham. But I think Tottenham is going to sit back. Uh, Leicester kind of plays towards their tactics. They're going to get them on their counterattack. I do think uh, Reguillon is going to start after playing Ben uh, Ben Davies in the left-back position. I, I guess he wanted to be a, a little more defensive against Tottenham. I do think uh, Mourinho will start Reguillon at the left-back, give him a little bit more of an outlet on the left side. And Leicester City has lost three games in a row when visiting Tottenham, with either at Wembley, at White Hart Lane, or now their new stadium. So I think ultimately Tottenham is just going to be hungry. They're going to be uh, licking their wounds. They're, they're going to move on from that Liverpool defeat. And I think they're going to win. They're going to beat Leicester. Mourinho is trying to make that team a bunch of bullies. Just in every every, the, every time that Mourinho has an interview, I kind of I, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy how he communicates with the press. Because uh, I think he's sending subliminal messages to opponents. He's sending subliminal messages to his team. The way Mourinho carries himself is a personality that his teams are going to take. And I like it because he's trying to build bullies. He's trying to change the mentality of Tottenham. He's trying to make them the bullies, make them like tough, make them gritty. And I think uh, this is a game that is going to show how far he's can- he's come along with that team. If they're able to bounce back, tough defeat against Liverpool. If they're able to bounce back and get a convincing victory against Leicester. Um, but yeah, have Son and Kane just being too much for that Leicester defense. I don't really like Leicester's uh, defense. Uh, Evans, Johnny Evans. Yeah, I have I have some rough opinions about about Johnny Evans. I don't like him as a center back. I, I, I don't know how he's made it that long in the Premier League. But I digress. I have uh, Tottenham beating Leicester City 2-1 at home. Getting back into winning ways and keeping, you know, that three-point distance against Liverpool and keeping it close. So 2-1 victory, Tottenham versus Leicester is my prediction. And to wrap up the podcast, to wrap up, Burnley versus Wolves on Monday. Wolves are coming off. My Wolves are coming off a big victory against Chelsea in in stoppage time. Uh, Pedro Neto with the stoppage time winner. Burnley is coming in. Uh, tying to Aston Villa, 17th place, 10 points. Burnley comes in. They're one point off relegation. Wolves, middle of the table, 10th place, 20 points. 
the table is really, really compact this year. So if Wolves win, they have a chance to shoot up the table. Also, Burnley, if they win, they get it. They get a chance to really separate themselves, get a little cushion off the bottom three teams. But I think both teams are coming off a little different games. Wolves looked impressive against Chelsea, especially in the second half, especially after they went down 1-0. Potence, he's been a little magician. He's been amazing for the Wolves. I love Potence. Neto, even more. Neto has really taken that next step this season. He's he's filling in more than admirably for Jota after he left. Silva, he's young. He started two games. I think we keep starting Silva. He has potential. He needs... There's going to be growing pains. Like I said, he's 18 years old. He didn't even get that much first time with Porto. First time playing minutes. First team playing minutes with Porto. Now he's getting some minutes with Wolves. He said he loves it here. So I think we keep starting him. He has potential. Let's see how far this kid goes. Uh, And for Burnley, in their game against uh, Aston Villa, drew 0-0. But they were completely dominated. If you watch the game, uh, Aston Villa had 27 shots. The whole game, so many shots. They dominated that that game. They just couldn't find the target. Uh, El Ghazi had like a lot of chances that he just couldn't finish. Um, in the end, Grealish had some. I digress. Burnley just looked overmatched in that game. They're fighting for relegation. I think if the Wolves want to really make a claim for that top six, top seven European positions. They've been a top seven team the last two seasons. If they want to get back to that those positions, they need to win games like this. And I low-key want revenge because last year in uh, Project Restart and when the Premier League is back after the hiatus for coronavirus last season, I mean, Wolves had a golden opportunity to fight for Champions League spots, to fight for European spots. And one of the last games, one of the deciding games of that season was... Wolves versus Burnley. Raul Jimenez scored a beautiful volley. volley uh, put it in the left side. Beautiful goal. It looked like it was going to be the 1-0 winner. I think he scored it like in the 79th minute. And then Burnley got a Burnley got a controversial penalty that I'm still upset about. And they were able to get the 1-1 tie. And Wolves lost two points in that game. That, that uh, turned out to be the two points that Wolves needed. To make it to Europa League, if they would have um, held on for that win, they would have had two more points. They would have passed Tottenham on the table, and Wolves would have had European football this year. But I guess sometimes everything happens for a reason. With the struggles that the Wolves have had this season, with Raul Jimenez going down, with uh, some some lack of depth that has shown this season, maybe it's for the best that the Wolves didn't play European soccer this year. Maybe it's for the best that. We're not thinning out our team too much playing European competition. So everything happens for a reason. It is what it is. But I do want the Wolves to get revenge on Burnley for kind of killing their European hopes last year. I think the Wolves will go back to a back four. Uh, This is one of the teams that Wolves should be the aggressor. Wolves should be the team going for the win. Wolves shouldn't be the team sitting back. So I don't think there's a need for a back five, especially... If they have been trying to go to a back four, like in some games against Arsenal, it worked. Didn't work against Liverpool. Didn't work against Aston Villa. But if they're trying to make that transition, games against Burnley, against teams against games against teams in in relegation zone, fighting for just staying in the Premier League, 
those are games where we got to try the back four. We got to take advantage of weaker teams, even though we haven't bur- beaten Burnley in a while. But I think uh, Adama needs to come off the bench. He he, he still needs a lot of work. He, I think he does do a little better off the bench. He comes energized. He comes when the other team is a little bit tired. Uh, and he, he gives us a, a substitute on the offensive side. Right now, with Raul Jimenez being out, with Silva playing, we don't really have a lot of offensive subs. If you start uh, Adama Tare, if you start Portens, if you start Raul Neto, and if you start Silva, you look at the bench and you're like, damn, there's no there's no real uh, uh, offensive substitute. So I think because of that, you keep Tare on the bench. The starting lineup that I would like to see uh, would be, obviously, Real Patricio in the back. I actually want to get Hover, a Kijana Hover, a start at the right back position. I'm, I'm Semedo has been a liability on that left side. The Chelsea goal came against the Chelsea goal against uh, the Wolves came from that right side. Uh, he's looked he caused the penalty against Aston Villa. I think it's chance to give 18 year old Hober a chance. Maybe he could shine. Let's find out what we have within him. And then I want to see the back forward Cody size Marsal in the left. And then Moutinho's back, so he should. Get that starting position. I all like to put Nevis and Moutinho sitting in front of the back four. And then the three in front of them. I want to see Vitinha start as, as like the cam position. The the center midfielder more ahead. And then Neto on the left. Potence on the right. Silva up top. I think that would be a real starting, a real nice, strong starting 11. Let's give Hover a chance on the right side. Let's put Vitinha in the game. He got the game-winning assist to Neto last week. Uh, he, like I said, in the, in the limited time he's gotten, he looks like a quality player. He looks like the ball just kind of stays on his foot. He's a good dribbler. He looks he looks comfortable with the ball on his foot. I'm excited to see what he's able to do. But if he doesn't play, then probably Dan Docker. I would like to see Dan Docker sit with Moutinho. And I would like to say Nevis be uh, a little further up the field, giving more freedom to roam, not, not so much defensive duties. So that would be my back four. But... I would like to see Hover instead of Semedo just to give him a run, just to see how he does, and just to let Semedo know, hey, you don't have a guaranteed spot in the position. You don't have a guaranteed spot in the team, in the starting 11, no matter what your price tag is. Let's see let's see how Hover does, in my opinion, especially against a team against Burnley. No offense to Burnley. Uh, let's see how the Wolves do. But I am excited to see this game. It's on Monday. It's going to be like one of the last games of the week. So I'm excited to see if the Wolves are able to build under win. And for Burnley, let's see if they're able to maybe get an upset. Wolves have been struggling to score goals before the Chelsea game. So Burnley might be able to just get a draw if they just sit back, hunker down, close the gaps. But I have the Wolves winning 1-0 and getting the victory at Burnley. And that wraps it up for my deep dives for the Premier League. And that wraps it up for this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast, episode number 23. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Like I said, one more time, if you guys have any uh, differences with me, with my podcast, I mean, not my podcast, with my predictions, with my deep dives, uh, I'll put my Twitter in the description. So just tweet at me. Let me know what you guys think about the game. Uh, Let me think uh, when I'm wrong, what I'm wrong with call me dumb whatever uh just let me know what are your predictions who's gonna win this week and have a great day have a great rest of your day thank you so much and i'm out